Welcome to WFL TV. I'm Jessica. And I'm Libby. And tonight we are going to do another what we are currently watching episode because it's been it's been about a month since we've done one of those and I've watched uh, TV. I've also watched TV. (laughs) Although not as much TV as I normally would because I got the game Assassin's Creed Valhalla and it is maybe the best video game I've ever played. I love it. Shut up. Better than Breath of the Wild. No, that's true. Not better than Breath of the Wild, but man, is it good. So not as much TV. Okay. You know what? That's fair. You're where I was at before when I was playing <laughs> three. So I accept it. No judgment here. What a weird thing to judge a person for. Watch more TV, you bastard. How <laughs> dare you not watch more TV? Okay. I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to start first with a show that I watched with my husband, which I want to point out because my husband does not watch a lot of TV. He does not get into shows very often. And he really, we, we very rarely find a show we enjoy together, but we watched all of this one together. It's only one season currently on Netflix called Evil. Mm, I oh. have not talked to you about this at all. I'm so excited. It is. It was very good so it it gives a little bit of the x-files type vibe so you have this man who is um training to become a priest and he is working with these two other people and and the other main character is a woman who is a psychologist so they're working together on things like possession and profits and like all of these kind of weird types of situations that the Catholic church is investigating. And he's coming at it kind of from this spiritual perspective and she's coming at it from a much more scientific perspective. And then they also have a third member of their group and he is like the tech guy. So he comes from like looking at technology and how it may be being used in this way. And so it's, it's kind of just like, science versus non-science type relationship which makes it really interesting but the cast is amazing oh, just yeah. like legitimately amazing it's so good um the main character is played by mike coulter who is luke cage i was like mildly interested when what, what you're saying i'm like uh-huh sure <laughs> sounds great i'll pretend that i care go on yeah, <laughs> i'm just kidding i care to be Oh man. I mean, he is a fantastic actor and then also just very attractive. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. he is obviously enjoyable. The rest of the cast is also great. The show is very interesting, a little bit scary, a little bit creepy. I, I, we both really, really enjoyed it. It does a great job where it does, it will have a case, right? And they're working on a case. And at the end of the episode, it will show you here is the scientific explanation for the things that have happened but then right after that it will be like but here's something that's still unexplained so it's like the show is not picking a side mm-hmm. it's like showing you this thing that keeps me guessing like what is going on in the show is there some like super weird stuff happening or is it just all explained by science i don't know i don't know is does it have like a male female partnership happening yes, it does mm-hmm. well, it does and obviously there's some sexual tension there, but she's married. Mm. 
so it's a it's a little it's a little weird oh, but it's just it was very very enjoyable and it has this villain his name is leland he is a great villain so he is just like this older short kind of funny looking like white dude who would not really be that intimidating you find him being incredibly evil and manipulative and you're just like leland you are so scary he's so manipulative and subtle in his manipulation that he's one of those villains that you like feel worried about i'm worried about the things he's doing and if he's able to be stopped that type of villain written really well oh that see okay that that sounds that sounds pretty exciting then i love a good villain and with a show like that if you're having especially that like potentially supernatural element having a good villain on there is really important does it do that thing that like does it function like a procedural then show where you've got a little bit not quite because they're not cops are actually working for the catholic church to Mm. investigate these things so it's not quite a procedural but it has it has moments like that it's really good i'm gonna have to watch that I think I, I would think like you it. would enjoy it. I think it'd be interesting. It is a little scary. I do have to warn you. There are moments that are a little bit scary, but I think you can handle it. You got through Blind Manor. You can get through this. Okay. All right. I will give it a try then. All right. I'm done talking about that. I know you have thoughts because you have finished Fringe. I have Fringe. I finished the. Um, I finished it tonight actually. So five seasons. I loved it. Um. Okay. So I was when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this again is what I was thinking while I was watching it, because I was stressed the fuck out over <laughs> and over again. It kept stressing me out. But now that I know how, what's going to happen, then I'm I'm fine. I, I will watch it again. And I really want to watch it again. So, yes, I have a lot of thoughts on it. First and foremost, which is the thought I had last time is Joshua Jackson looks really good in it. Like just, <laughs> he looks great in it. He has like a ton of sweaters and pea coats. And in the final season, his hair is a little bit longer. And it's getting kind of curly. And I love it. And there's something about a man in a sweater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. Anyway, please continue. And pea coats. <laughs> I'm distracted go on yeah I, I mean for real so okay that was the first and foremost most important thing so I, I really loved the show I think that there were times where the show itself like so it's one of those shows where it started off like case case and case and case procedural type thing and then there's like an overarching story kind of an overarching bad overarching bad thing and it changes each season but it starts to like really go off the deep end in a lot of ways but <laughs> I'm that. okay with it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with it But there are things where one of those things where in a show like that, where there's like really either high level science or high level level magic or supernatural, where there's something that the characters are trying to do and they have a really hard time doing it. And it's a really big deal. But then in later seasons, they just like do it like it's nothing. (laughs) That happens in this show. It's like there's this massive, huge problem. It's going to take us an entire season to fix it. And then like, oh, it doesn't matter now. It's like that kind of, it takes me out of it a little bit, but not a whole bunch. It's a it show reminds that- me a little bit of the show Once Upon a Time, where they have to find like portals to travel between worlds and it's like a big deal. And then by the end of the show, it's just like, you just hitch a portal anytime you want. Yes, that's like the whole plot of it. Like the whole giant thing is, yeah, it's, it's, it's really very similar. One of the things is going between worlds, actually, that ends up being that way. Um so there's there's that about it um but i i 
I can tell it's one of those shows and the reason I want to rewatch very clearly they knew what was going to happen at the end when they started the show. Oh, that's so nice. So I know that I can go back through in a rewatch and kind of catch things that were foreshadowing or things that, you know, they eggs. Yeah, that kind of thing. And so so I'm I'm excited for that for a rewatch. One thing that is kind of that I just want to talk about a little bit about because I was I was thinking about it when it happened in the show. And then recently I read something about it as well. So you've got the main characters, um, Peter and Olivia and Dr. Bishop, and then you have the agent Farnsworth, Astrid Farnsworth, which I think I had mentioned mm-hmm. to you at some point. I don't know if it was in a podcast or just me telling you how much I love her because <laughs> I love her. Um, but Dr. Bishop, um, he has like men- he has issues with, it's not even actually dementia. There's like an actual reason parts of his brain removed, a bunch of LSD, whatever. So sometimes he doesn't remember things, but he mispronounces Astrid's name in the show and it becomes a running gag, right? Uh-huh. And so it's one of the things that fans, like he'll call her Astro and Ashtray and all these stuff, which it would be really funny, except for she is one of the very few people of color on the show. Uh-huh. And so and it's the only character he, she do, he does that with. So you've got this guy who's like pronouncing everybody's names correctly. And then the one like black girl, he's saying her name wrong. And so when I was watching it, I was like, God, I wish they had done that with somebody else. If they had done it with like Olivia, it would have been funny because, sure. you know, but, you know, the so the the actress who, who plays her, uh, Jessica Nicole, ha- actually came out out and talked about it later and about how it was something she was really uncomfortable with because she'd gone like she had issues with people mispronouncing her name and and she um but she didn't feel like she could bring it up to the producers or anybody because basically one she was like new to acting was her first big show and two it sounds like the showrunners producers directors whatever were not very nice and in fact they um, one of them like never pronounced her name correctly, like her actual name. And to the point where he would just like point at her and say you, and to the point where Joshua Jackson actually took and wrote out her name phonetically and wore it on his own shirt as a name tag, because he's like, they'll pay attention to me. Cause like, uh. you know, and so, you know, so I, it, that's one of the things in the show that's like this running joke that I wish I could get behind because the relationship between Walter and Astrid is actually really, really sweet. And to watch it develop is really adorable. And like they have a beautiful moment in the end of the series and it's in it, all of that. I love, but like one that stood out to me when I first watched it. And then when I was reading about the show after I watched it, you know, I don't like to look up a show until after I watch it, uh-huh. I found that. And I was like, yeah, that perfectly encapsulates because I had written that down on my like notes of things to talk about. And I was like, that perfectly encapsulates the way I feel is it just felt like it was not tastefully done, but even still that's one small thing, you know, other, there's other tiny things they do. um, They have a couple of instances where they're, I don't want to give any too much away in case you watch it. And I know you don't mind spoilers, but even still, uh, a character has a baby and then through circumstances that baby's gone and then another character has a baby and then they do a time skip so it's a child (laughs) 
and then another time skip so it's a full-blown adult shows and how they handle babies that's going to be a whole other podcast episode it absolutely is i thought about it shows are so bad at handling babies they're just like i we should not have made this character pregnant i have no (laughs) idea what to do now now they have a baby what are we gonna do with that baby i don't know grow up magically boom done (laughs) it's like you can't just have the character living their normal life because babies take over your life (laughs) (laughs) you don't get to do normal things you're not like a you can't be the same crime fighter demon fighter whatever anyway um but i think the reason that you will like this show jessica one, it's that whole really push between the science and supernatural. Like science goes so far, it's almost like magic. Mm-hmm. And also there is the main characters, Peter and Dr. Bishop, our father and son, and their relationship, watching it develop and change, grow, you know, take step backwards and forwards. It's beautiful. The love mm-hmm. and the development it is right up your alley. You would love it. I love it. And the the character of Olivia and Peter, you know, great. I, their, their story, their, you know, potential love interest, whatever, is also really fun. But nothing compares to Walter and Peter and their relationship. Yeah, um, sounds good. I think it's definitely on the list for me to watch at some point. I have to finish Dawson's Creek, though, because I can't, like, if I see josh jackson and something else it's going to take me out of him being pacey and i'm not ready for that yet i mean the thing is is he never stops being pacey to me pasty just grew <laughs> up and got a little different the last thing i will say about it is leonard nimoy is in oh that's you, awesome you know, spock from the original yeah. star trek mm-hmm. um he was actually leonard nimoy was my first ever uh crush celebrity crush i was oh. i was into spock i was i was into him i believe so, i believe that I, I know just, you well enough. That's believable. Yep. So seeing him, I mean, it doesn't give me quite the flutters because he's like <laughs> super duper old, but <laughs> uh, love me some Leonard Nimoy. Okay. That is all I have to say about that. Why don't you move on to the other show that you want to talk about? Yeah. So I have finished all of the available seasons of Charmed, the reboot. Um, And I have to say, since the last time I talked about it, my feelings have changed dramatically. I mean, call me Elizabeth Bennett, because I'm about to marry this show, is what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Did you, like, see Pemberley or something? What happened? Exactly. I saw the grounds of Pemberley and knew. I absolutely love the show. I absolutely love it. Here's what I think happened when I started it and why it took me a, a few a few episodes to really get into it. One, I think I was not necessarily prepared to start a new show. And that, that may sound crazy, um, but for me, and I think Libby, you were the same way here, starting a new show is like, it's like a commitment. You know, I'm committing to like a new world and new characters that is stressful because I have no idea what's going to happen. Unlike Merlin, which I'm also watching from, I don't know, the seventh or eighth time. I know exactly what's going to happen. There's no risk there and no stress, but starting a new show, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of stress and I have to be kind of in the right mind to start that new show. And I think I wasn't quite there when I started Charmed, Um, but I am now and I loved it. And I'm so, so happy I continue to watch it. The second reason is I think, the big part of that show 
or you have these three sisters. And what I think the original Charmed did really well was those sisters, even, even though I know there was drama off screen, on screen, they had wonderful chemistry as sisters. It was very good. And I was looking for that in the reboot and it, it, it took a little bit of time, I think, for those actors in the reboot to kind of form their sister chemistry but they do get there and it, it it's, it's great it's fantastic um so those are the reasons i think it took me a few minutes to get into it but now but now that i've watched it all i couldn't be happier it was so so good especially the second half of season one and then season two my gosh was it amazing it's how many not, seasons are there right now there are just two the third season is about to start airing um weekly Ooh, yeah and i think i might i'm trying to decide if i'm gonna watch it in real time or not that can be how stressful would, waiting how would you watch it like what, do you, what is it going to be on i think it's on the cw so yeah if it's a cw show it should come to netflix pretty quickly if you decide you can't handle watching it week by week yeah they, come, they go pretty quickly after after they air so here are the things that i totally love about it some of the big like overarching plot lines from the original they have in the reboot but they do them in a way that is completely unique to the reboot itself so does it feel like i'm just watching the original charmed again it's like oh man i remember this type of plot line occurring and how much i loved it in the original and i i love it even more how the reboot is doing it and so those were really fun. It's really fun to see the types of tropes and plot lines that you love and see a show doing them well and doing them differently from other shows. So I'm really excited to watch it now. Absolutely. And I've said this last time, but there's just a really great like interactions between magic and science and technology. They make the three of those things work so well together. And it's so different because usually it's so difficult And I feel like in television shows with magic to have it work hand in hand with science, but the show does it, does it great. I'm really excited about that component of it just because I, I, I love the idea of that. How would technology grow? How would magic grow with technology and vice versa? So I'm really excited about that part of it that they address that. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because I really, really want you to watch it and I don't want to spoil anything for you. I think you would really enjoy it. And I would love to talk to you about all my thoughts and feelings about it. But man, season two is so good. It, it, it did not go at all the way I was expecting it to go. And I loved every second of it. We get some new characters in season two that are really fantastic. I really, really, I really love season two. And, and, and when I rewatch it and I'm going to rewatch it for sure, I think I'm going to enjoy the first half of season one more the second time I watch it. I mean, I'm going to watch it too. I'm, I, you've convinced me I'm going to watch it. I think the last thing I want to say about the Charmed um, reboot is that, you know, the three lead, the three leads are, are women of color. And there's just not, there's just not enough shows with lead characters being women of color. So I like that about it. I like that it's showing strong, powerful women of color and and showing the experiences that they're having as women of color in the world, in both their real lives and the magical community. Oh, that does sound nice. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it. I am so glad. I know that when we last talked about it, you were like, meh on it. Like maybe it's going to be good. And I'm so happy that it ended up so great and you, got so excited about it because that means I have something to look forward to yeah yeah I loved it it was great 
Okay, so shall we move on to the show that we're watching together? Let's do it. We are watching, still, we are watching Dawson's Creek. We have just made it to um, uh, Winter's Tale in season four, which means Jessica finally got to see Joey get some. Finally. Why don't we go ahead and start there? Why don't you tell me a little bit about, you and I have talked a little bit about it. You Okay, so Jessica, before, even before season three, you asked me before you and I were watching it together, you were just watching it. And you were like, by the way, Libby, are these characters ever just going to have sex or only talk about it? <laughs> like, because Joey is like terrified of it. And is she ever going to actually do it? So I was knew that this would, you would like be letting out a sigh of relief, maybe even bigger than Pacey at this point. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So here's the thing. In most shows, especially teen dramas, but even even shows with adults and obviously in real life, my stance is like 99% of the time, just wait until you're ready to have sex, obviously. Just, just don't have sex if you don't want to. Just wait. But with Dawson's Creek, those characters, especially Joey, talk about it so much and so incessantly that I was like, please just have sex. I'm so tired of hearing you talk about when or if you might have sex. Will you please just have sex? And I'm just so happy she finally had sex, especially with Pacey. Right. I I, I agree. I feel the same way. And I'm so glad it wasn't Dawson. Ugh, me too. <laughs> that would have been so annoying. <laughs> so since we last talked about this on the podcast, we when we last talked, you had just started season three we had just started it so one storyline that i kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about that we haven't talked much about is the andy rob storyline so in that story what happens for anybody that hasn't seen it andy has broken up with well pacey's broken up with andy because she cheated on him um and she's misses him or whatever well she's going on a date with this guy rob who has been sexually harassing joey Mm -hmm. throughout the, the whole season and she calls joey because something happened and as she's talking she's not quite sure what happened but she was up in the bedroom with rob and she just doesn't know it's really vague but overall it sounds like something was attempted and she's pretty upset about it well then you know pacey comforts her they sort of have some time together and she thinks that they're getting back together and so she seems pretty perky about it and has this attitude of well maybe things happen for a reason then rob shows up to joey and he's like i didn't do it and she was joey's like uh you're t- telling the girl who you sexually harass like on a regular basis. <laughs> like I don't believe you. <laughs> and I think that w- what gets me about this and the reason I wanted to talk about it is I feel like the show leaves it a little bit ambiguous, which I don't think is great on their part. And so I know for me, I'm on the side of, of Andy here. Just I've seen this guy's behavior Andy, he admits that they were in the room together. He says that they were fooling around and she freaked out. And so for me, I hear that as somebody who was in a situation where she felt uncomfortable, feeling pressured, feeling panicked, whatever. And so, but the show, I think 
almost wants you to believe that she's making it up. So I don't know. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on whether or not you thought Andy was telling the truth. And then also what you think this, the show was trying to do and did they do a decent job of it? This is, this is a tough question because obviously I believe women. I do. So I believe Andy. I agree that, and what I, here's, here's what I think the show did well is they did make it seem, seem a little ambiguous about what actually happened. And they have Joey kind of dealing with that. But what I like that Joey didn't do is Joey never accuses Andy of lying. Yes. He says, Andy, I believe you. I do think things seem a little odd. I want to make sure we are doing the right thing but I believe you. So I do think the show handled Joey's reaction as a friend of Andy and as a woman very well. As a viewer, I think it is a little bit ambiguous because of how she then reacts when she's with Pacey and the things that she's saying and doing um, with, with Pacey. And, and I don't, I don't like that it left things ambiguous to the viewer. I would like have things to be very clear especially with such a jerk gross horrible guy like rob like don't don't make him out at all to be a victim of anything because he shouldn't be he's he is disgusting and a horrible human and i want nothing but the worst for him yeah I is think that, that is that clear enough oh no, that is clear i think for me so when i first watched the show and this is where i think the show did it did did poorly when i first watched the show i was a teenager it was when it was airing and i thought andy made it up so as a young teenage girl i thought she's probably making it up and maybe things got out of hand but she probably shouldn't have let it get like that that was my take on it and so when you've got somebody who's like young and impressionable, like I was, and like a lot of other viewers were and are who are trying to form and understand consent and those kinds of issues to leave something ambiguous like that is not a good message. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree that one of the parts I really loved about it was Joey standing up for her, Joey saying, you know, maybe for a second, I thought that it could have been, but I, I believe you. Like, I, of course I believe you. And I, I am glad that they did that. And I'm glad that they never explicitly said that Andy lied. I felt like it was, the implication was too strong there. I also appreciate um, Joey saying, I should have turned him in for what he did to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like this. And I don't want Joey to blame herself in any way, but you know, yeah, you, you know, when, if you have the means and the, and the ability uh, to, to report a thing. I'm glad that she like recognized that reporting things is important, that they were supportive of Andy. They were there for Andy, but the, the ambiguous nature of it, especially as an adult, when I rewatch just makes me remember how I felt as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they handled it poorly. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you, especially when, when, you know, you're just like, I believe women and I want to believe women. And so even when you're watching a TV show, that makes things seem a little ambiguous and a little gray. I don't want to see that. I don't want to, I don't want to question that type of thing. Does that, does that make sense? 
yeah, you don't you don't want them putting in us in a situation where we're having to question a woman and potentially not believe her. And they're putting us in a position where we need to question whether she's telling the truth, because believing women like the the narrative of a woman lying for um, for that lying about that because they want a thing is like is such a, a silly and dumb narrative that people have in in very a very very rare occurrence Mm -hmm. and dangerous yes yes absolutely so so i just i thought that that was a bit irresponsible of the show now it's not like this show handles everything great i'm not super shocked or anything but i i am disappointed in that storyline um and it was the thing that I realized that you and I had not had a chance to really talk much about even. So Jessica and I are watching this together virtually. Um, so we talk a lot about our feelings, but since it was season three, we're mostly talking about Pacey <laughs> and Joey just like all the time. So yeah. mm-hmm. I wanted to hear a little bit of what you were thinking there. Um, another thing that I we haven't really talked that much about we talked a little bit about, but not a ton. And we haven't talked about it all on the podcast is Mr. Green and uh, Principal Green. And is he Mr. or Dr. Principal Green? They always call him. I don't. Doctor. He could be a doctor. Anyway, Principal Green. We'll just call him Principal okay. Green. Okay. That sounds good. And his daughter, Nikki. Um, and so in the show, we get in season three we get these new characters they get a new principal principal green you get a new character nikki nikki is super into film just like dawson she's a girl she's very and pretty. She's better at it than him he's so much better at everything than him. <laughs> um she's played by bianca lawson who just always plays a teenager even to this day still playing a young teenage girl she's i'm fairly certain a vampire She's probably a vampire from, I don't know, Winona Earp lore where you can hang around in daylight or something. But anyway, so Nikki and Dawson. And so Nikki and Dawson seem like they've got like a thing that's maybe going. And then the show sort of randomly and abruptly gets rid of both of those characters through a story about one of... Joey's really terrible artwork getting (laughs) (laughs) or like super mediocre work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) where she's like it kills me because she's like oh my gosh all those other people are just gonna like paint lighthouses and whatever and all that cheesy stuff look at me with my Chinese symbol isn't that deep (laughs) I love you ridiculous so anyway um with Mr. Green leaving I mean like For me, I feel like it felt very jarring because it seemed like they were really doing something with Dawson and Nikki. It seemed like that was a storyline that was going to go somewhere and it just ended. Yeah, I agree. And I think it would have been a really good storyline. They had good chemistry, which is saying something because it's Dawson and he has (laughs) good chemistry with almost no one, just like so bad at all the chemistry, but they had some decent chemistry. They shared the same interests. She was pushing him to explore um, kind of other things in his life, other passions that he might have. Um, They, they bickered a little bit. Like they had, they had really a good beginning of what could have made for an interesting relationship. And it, it did end abruptly and in, in such a 
way that just makes me so angry, obviously, at what happened to Mr. Green. Um, although it did give Joey and Bodie had a conversation about then race in that town, which is a very white town. So it, it did it did prompt a conversation between the two of them that had not really, I think, been addressed up to that point in the show. But then Mr. Green loses and they they leave town and it, it just kind of ends. It ends there. Yeah, I mean, we get that. We get a little bit of we get a couple of conversations there, which I think is nice to see that um whenever she's preparing to go talk at the school Bessie's gonna go and they mention the school's not that Bodie says well school's not that different what are there still like 10 white black kids and she's like 11 it's like you you know confronting it that way you get conversations between Joey and Bodie about it because so you know Mr. Green's getting fired because of a punishment that he put on a kid who's a rich white kid Uh and Mr. Green is being treated. It's very clear that Mr. Green is being treated. Principal Green is being treated this way because he's black. Uh So principal Green would not have the same reaction from parents if he were white. And that's one of the things that Bodie says and that uh, Joey agrees with him about and then you have Bessie jumping in and acting like they are overreacting and I appreciate that what we have is we have one the conversation between Joey and Bodie but then also Bessie getting involved because Bessie you know she's with a black man she has a child who is uh, half black and she's still very naive when it comes to race i imagine she'd be one of those people who says that they're colorblind if you were to like talk to her and so i appreciated them addressing that well and i think too we see bessie being upset really once her business starts to get threatened by the town is kind of when she decides to get involved and i think that pushes a conversation like what links are you willing to go to to call out this problem that's happening in their town because to Joey and I think to Bowie to Bodie it's this is worth risking our business to fight for this cause and to have Bessie not seeing it that way and they're also able to call out a little bit of Bessie's privilege which she has very little and it's yeah mostly that she's white yeah um, because she's able to ignore the problem when she wants to Uh and that's the thing is she can say i don't want to hear about this problem right now it's affecting me let's get it out of the house whereas bodhi is like you know you saying you want the problem out doesn't change the problem existing and i'm still going to live with it our son he doesn't say this explicitly but you know he's still going to live with it their son's still going to live with it bessie has the opportunity to pretend it's not an issue when she wants and Mm -hmm. so you know I am saying this with all the love in the world for Bessie. You know how much I love her. I think they did an okay job handling that storyline. We do, we are seeing most of it through the eyes of Joey, who's trying to like save the, save Principal Green. But I, I, I like it. What I don't like is it's like, we have two episodes where we talk a little bit about race and then that's kind of it. And so, the other it thing- ends with the people of color uh, leaving now. Yeah. So now your show is now lacking people of color even more than it already was. 
Yeah. And I think that they had uh, an opportunity there where they could have had a relationship between Dawson and Nikki, but you know, and an actually interesting relationship for Dawson. Yeah. But they didn't want to go that route. It was a little bit too far for them. So they go to principal green and Nikki and Bianca Lawson had to go on and pay it, play a teenager somewhere else. <laughs> okay. So I, I mean, I have got more things that we can talk about with, uh, Dawson's Creek, more things I'm going to get your thoughts on. Anything that you want to like bring up and share with where we're at in Dawson's Creek, thoughts, feelings, etc. Um, Let's see. Here's a feeling. In the season we're currently watching, Dawson has just started dating Gretchen. Gretchen is amazing. She is full of wisdom and seems to be able to just tell Dawson things we all want Dawson to hear and is really great and is clearly too good for him and it makes no sense that such a cool wise just like awesome woman would be interested in Dawson at all sorry Dawson you don't you don't deserve the women in your life or the friends or any of the people who are in your life you deserve none of them you only deserve Mitch and Gail because they're terrible (laughs) I don't even know if you deserve Gail you can have Mitch but (laughs) I don't know I don't know about Gail um yeah, Gretchen is a great character and she brings out the best in Dawson, which is to say she makes Dawson almost tolerable yeah. and that's the best he can be. But yeah, he is too she is too good for him and it's one of those cases where I just want this character to be happy. So, whatever. If you're happy Gretchen, I'm happy. I cannot believe you're happy with Dawson. What the fuck? <laughs> ah. Um another big theme the show addressed was Gail gets pregnant and at first she's deciding to have an abortion and she eventually changes her mind, which happens a lot in shows. Often, often the woman changes her mind, but I do think the show did it. Okay. Even Mitch who I don't love him. I really don't. I think his face is dumb and everything about him is dumb, but he does say, this is your mom's decision and I'd support her. And, and Dawson, Dawson has a say in the matter. And even though I hate Dawson, he does just say, what I'm saying is that you're a good mom and you would be a good mom. And it doesn't immediately change Gail's mind. And when Gail then is telling Dawson she's changed her mind to have the baby, it it does make it sound like she really thought about it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm fine with her deciding not to do it. I think that it's always a cop out when a show brings it up and then has the person miscarry or decide to keep the baby. And yeah, I'm glad that Dawson was like, hey, don't put this on me if you don't want to have the kid, if you're saying it's because you're a bad mom. But when he first reacted, he first reacted as you have an abortion. What's wrong with you? You're terrible, like kind of attitude. And then, yeah, Mitch turned him around. One of the things that I don't like that they did was they had Gretchen have her own abortion storyline where she got pregnant, wasn't sure she was potentially going to make that decision. And then she miscarried, which took it all away. What I don't like about that is it would have been a braver choice to have had the character make the decision. It would have been braver on the part of the writers of the show, because then you could have had Dawson. He, he, somewhat accepted his mom's decision but he didn't have to actually live with that and so to see him in this relationship with the person who has made that decision forces him to confront actually confront it and i i would have liked to have seen that 
And I would have liked to have seen him, especially after how he was with Jen and the way he reacted to learning about Jen's past, to be with another person and learn that she's got this past that would be considered potentially sorted by him. And instead, he accepts her. That would have shown growth on his part. But instead, she miscarried. So that took any decision away from her, took any potential judgment out of Dawson and allowed her to remain pure for him. And I, I, it was weaker storytelling. Another thing that I didn't like about that is the reason Gretchen tells Dawson this is because Dawson is looking for answers. So he's asking her about a very difficult moment in her life in order to make him feel better and to give him clarity and nothing to do with, with the decision of on her part to tell him about a painful part of her life. I know he like is such a terrible way too. He's like telling her about it, and she's like, "Why are you asking me about?" It? He's like, "Cause I think you went through what my mom went through." He's like basically like, "I think you had an abortion. Now tell me about it so I can understand my mom." <laughs> it's like get out of here, dude. Ah, like Let's- if you want to bring it up and hope that she does one of you suspect she had an abortion and you're bringing it up, like that's rude enough. But then especially to be like, "Tell me about it. Get out of here." Yeah. You know, Dawson's not great. We know this. This is not news. No. One. So, oh, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to move on to a new topic. So I you was going to thoughts. as well. Okay. No, I was going to move on to a new topic too. Let's see if your topic and my topic are the same. Oh, okay. I was just going to talk about Drew. Oh, terrible. <laughs> oh, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. But yeah, Drew's terrible. That's all. They introduced Drew as a character. And I'm like, Drew, can you please get drunk on a dock and then drown? Because I hate you. <laughs> Yes, I hate love him too. So I love to hate him though. I think he's such a bad guy. And so I enjoy that, but he's absolutely terrible. He's awful to Joey. He's awful to Jen. He's funny. You don't even know what his motivations are. He's just terrible (laughs) for no reason. I don't know. I'm just terrible and I'm going to keep being terrible. You are welcome. My dad's maybe terrible, but guess what? So is every father in Cape side. Get out of here. My mom is the worst. But is she dead? Is she dead? (laughs) (laughs) Then it doesn't matter. Shut it. Says Joey all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. That was just because he was a new character that's been introduced since we've last time we talked about Dawson's Creek. And he's just, he's terrible. (laughs) In a hilarious, ridiculous way, but super terrible. So one of the things that this season does is we're talking more about the college issue and you and I have had so many talks about how goddamn motherfucking annoying college in these high school shows is. So, you know, they're preparing for college and all of these shows, Jessica and I have had this conversation a lot is in every teen show, you're going to have the college conversation, but what kills us is it is so narrow there are two options you either go to school by getting a scholarship or just have money or you don't go to college and that's it and it drives me fucking crazy because they act like community college and financial aid doesn't exist and i get it college is expensive and i get that financial aid is also has its own things but like joey you're going to get financial aid. I know that the BNB is doing okay right now, but they're not going to go by this year's taxes, Joey. They're going by last year's when you fill out your FAFSA. And last year, you guys made like no money. You are going to get full Pell Grant 
you're going to get loans. You're not going to be able to afford your fancy rich school, but you can afford a decent state school. And that is fine. It's just, well, it's just like, (laughs) here's, here's the choices. It's either you go to a super fancy school or you fail life. Like that's it. There's no in between. It's either you reach this goal and you, therefore you succeed in life or you don't reach it. And you are considered a failure for a show, which is so frustrating. Like you said, community college exists, trade schools exist, choosing not to go to college and pursuing some other sort of career. Those options exist in the world. And I know that in 2000, it didn't exist quite as much, but right now, dude, skip school. I'm not, I mean, yeah, go ahead, listeners, skip school. I don't care. You're probably adults or like don't exist, whatever, (laughs) but like skip school and just go learn coding somewhere and get a job doing that. Do you know how many of those jobs don't give a shit if you went to school? If you have the skills, they don't care. But like the other thing is, and we're seeing it a little bit, a little bit of the, um, what are Joey and Pacey going to do? Because Joey wants to go to college and Pacey can't get into school. I don't know. Pacey's going to move to wherever Joey goes to college, that same town, and go to a community college there if he wants to go to college. He's going to get some financial, a little bit of financial aid. He's probably going to get a job. He'll have an apartment. And Joey will come over sometimes. Maybe they'll share the ap- apartment, whatever. And he'll pay for his relatively inexpensive school with sub and unsub loans. And it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Anyone listening can tell that we worked in financial aid for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Our financial aid terminology is enough to give us away there. Um, Yeah. So it is true. And we just watched the episode where it was Pacey's 18th birthday. They were having a surprise party, but he found out. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. I cried. Literally. It was so upsetting, but we find out that he, got rejected from college and joey he eventually tells joey and she says to him one rejection doesn't mean anything i know that you will get in and everything will be okay i don't hate that sentiment what i do wish she would have said was if you want to go to college i think there's still a path for you if you decide that college is not for you, there is still a path for our relationship. Yes. And that is not what she yes. says. And a path for success for you. Because yes. college doesn't necessarily equal success. Look at us. I have a master's degree and I'm sitting here doing this podcast with you. I'm sitting on the floor of my son's bedroom playing with a little Lego guy from the Ninjago Lego movie. It, like, you know... <laughs> my college equaled nothing like come on for real i can tell you jessica you haven't watched the end of the series but pacey is more successful than me like, <laughs> just, i mean like it's, it's just such a dumb notion like college is obviously great and if people want to go great and i think that pacey for him it's less of a potentially as a path for him to get where he wants to be in life but more this is a way for me to feel like i can do something that i was always told i can't do Sure. And so if that's what you want, I think you're absolutely right. If she had said, you know, if college is what you want, there's a path for you. I like the way that you put that because it's true. There is a path. He could find some way to get there. But if you don't, that's also okay. And so I would have, I, it's, it's a theme that you see in all of these shows. There's always 
one usually girl who doesn't have a whole whole ton of money who wants to get a scholarship to an ivy league school and then you've got other characters who are comfortably middle class who don't think that much about college but think a little bit about it and then you've got a character who is worried they're not going to get into college and therefore never be able to go and i'm like you can go to community college you know what you can do you can go to community college and you can stop you can go to community college and then you can go on to a four-year university if you want. And then you can keep going because guess what? Once you start a community college, the next place doesn't give a shit about your high school. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're going to look at that. Uh, my husband it was real shitty as a student. Like his high school, like he had terrible, terrible grades, was not going to be able to get into college. He started a community college. I um, unofficially started my financial aid career by helping him with his FAFSA because I also filled out, you know, did my FAFSA for school. And so he he was like, when we were dating, he's like, I can't afford school. I was like, well, let me tell you about this little thing called financial aid and (laughs) educate you uh, foreshadowing my future career. And then he went on, he got his doctorate because dude liked school. Like, he could have stopped at any point and that would have been fine. But the fact of the matter is, if you're in a situation like that, where you don't have that grade of grades, but you still want, you have ambition to make it as far as education can take you, you can do that through community college because they don't care about high school once you've jumped in to college. They're not going to look at your high school transcripts. They don't give a shit. Something that goes hand in hand with this college conversation um, that comes up a bunch in these teen shows, um, teen, I don't know if I said teen, teen shows, comes up a lot in these teen shows, um, is that- that's a nice word, isn't it? Teen. 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 Thrust. Thrust. (laughs) Please watch Miranda. Miranda. If you do not watch the show, Miranda, please watch it. (laughs) Anyway, um, is that if you choose to stay in the small town with which you grew up, you are also a failure at life. So if Pacey was like, well, I'm going to stay in Cape side and I'm going to go to community college. He's failed twice. He has not escaped his small town and he's going to community college. His small, beautiful waterside town that like is so pretty. You can have a B and B there because they want people to come visit. You think we could make a B and B in either of the places we live, Jessica? anyone's maybe you could maybe some people could go look at the arch but no one's gonna want to be and be in any of the places i've ever lived like <laughs> you live in a great place like get out of here like i get it you want to leave because joey your small town represents the economic failure of your family and the um, scrutiny that you faced because of your dad's illicit drug selling and because of your mom's i mean she just had cancer <laughs> Not like she's bad, but like your sister and like all the scrutiny you were faced. I I get like your reasoning. Even though Joey does not actually phrase it that way ever, she doesn't. She phrases it as "I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here." And I, I think that it would be different if she was like, "I have to get out of here because this town to me." represents all of these things as opposed to i am not going to be a townie she even uses that word in season four and pacey gets all passive aggressively you know talking about it um at that point uh but yeah it it that 
that irritates me too. I, it's okay to live in the town that you grew up in. That's okay. You don't have to move away if you don't want to. It's also okay if you do. You can go to college, not go to college, go to trade school, go to community college, go to a fancy university, live in your town, move to a city, move to a small town, move to the country, live on a damn boat. None of Whatever those things you do. dictate whether you are a success or not a success at life is the point. Stop because you telling young people that the only way to be successful is to go to a fancy college and leave their hometown. To quote Will from the episode where they went to Aunt Gwen's, what do you want? I want to be happy. That's what success is. That pretentious little dude who said Salinger is a god, whatever his issues were, he was on to something there. Happiness, that's success. And so, yeah, they we really get that whole college leave your town townie etc thing is a big theme of this season and it's one that always annoys me it has annoyed me even when I was a young teenager watching it I was like just get financial aid Joey because like (laughs) I I never had money I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford to go to school I was not going to get any financial help and so like I you know there are options. I'm like, surely some poor people go to school. They do. Here's how. Like, come on. Jesus Christ. Ugh. On that note, I think we should begin wrapping up. Um, but before we do, Libby, I have a question for you. Oh, wonderful. If you could choose a show that maybe got canceled way too soon. So like there's only one or two seasons of this show. Um, if you could choose for a show like that to have more seasons, which show would you choose? That is a difficult question. Pass. No, again, sorry. <laughs> Do you want to ask me? Cause I have an answer. No, no, I, I will answer. I will answer. And then you will tell me what you're thinking. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, cause there's the obvious one, which is Firefly, right? Yeah. So I like, that's the one that like first comes to mind, but the problem with Firefly, not the problem with Firefly, but the problem I have an answer now, but the reason I'm not going to say that is because we got the movie afterwards and I felt like that wrapped it up, but I'm going to say Freaks and Geeks. I love that show. It was such, have you watched it? I have not watched it. Oh, so, so, so good. So Freaks and Geeks. I would want more of that, but not now because they're all like grown up and be weird. <laughs> What's your answer? My answer is going to be the show Vagrant Queen. <gasps> Shut up. I changed my answer. Vagrant Queen. <laughs> Which was a sci-fi yes. show that had only one season, but Libby and I watched it together. Um, and it's kind of this like uh, this this girl, she's a queen, but she they live in space, they get to travel around space, different worlds. Um, she's being hunted. There was like a whole rebellion situation there's super evil it was just like it was really cool it was a really good show and it was canceled after one season and i was bummed 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 bumbo bum bums <laughs> damn it um yeah and it's got tim rosen and tim rosen's face in it and then you've got a may oh and oh, it ended on a cliffhanger yeah it did a May's like off to earth with some bad people Ugh. oh she just started her relationship with the main character whose name I forgot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I can't remember. But whatever her name is, the two of them has started their relationship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I changed my answer. Freaks and Geeks is so old and over. So let's go with Vagrant Queen because I want that. Yep. <laughs> Great right. answer, Jessica. I steal it. I love it. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we hope you tune in next time. 
Thank you for listening to WFLTV. If you enjoyed listening to us talk about television, follow us on Twitter at WFLTV. You can send us an email with any questions, feelings, things we should be watching at WFLTV.podcast at gmail.com. Share our podcast so we can keep doing this and sharing all of our games.